0: now on this invest talk podcast steve peasley listens to your questions
1: hey guys thanks for all that you do i appreciate the show i've learned so much i had a quick question i was an investor in G-Nog, golden nugget online gaming I'm just wondering if i should just kind of Take my profit off
2: my stock now and then uh, get
0: out. And provides unbiased answers. Well,
2: that's a pretty hard call. You know, DraftKings operates online sports platform that enables users to play fantasy games and win cash prizes. So I take the deal because I don't like buying companies or own companies that don't make don't make money, even though I think DraftKings is the
0: leader. talk, Over 32 million downloads and counting. Your participation makes it unique. 888 99
3: This podcast is produced by KPP Financial Steve Peasley, President KPP Financial Independent Thinking Shared Success And now today's podcast
2: Welcome to Invest Talk. It is what is today, August 11th, August August 11th, Wednesday, and it happens to be my birthday. So happy birthday to me! Anyways, yeah, I know it's Wednesday already. That's okay. Um, and the market did it again. The Dow is up, but the Nasdaq down. What's that? Three or four days in a row that's done that. It's odd. Usually the Nasdaq leads the market. That's in a in a healthy bull market. That's what happens, and it doesn't seem like it wants to lead right now. And I'm not sure why. We had some uh, inflation news out. Uh, inflation kind of calmed down a little bit. Remember, inflation last month was up like one percent. This month, it, uh, this and that was June report. July's report was up half a percent. Still a lot of inflation, though, more, it's elevated, much more than it used to be. So, I mean, mean, is that dragging the market? Is that affecting the market somewhat? Why is it? Anyway, it's an awful interesting situation. So, anyways, on today's program and podcast, I want to thank you for being with me. Our mission statement is the same, independent thinking and shared success. And of course, I state that to make sure you understand that all the information I provide is as accurate as I can make it. The data I download from various sources give me the, gives me the information that I pass on to you. So uh, that is what we do: we answer your questions as accurately as we can. We want, hopefully, that it, it's it, we provide education so you can help manage your own money. And of course, we do this show because if you can't manage your own money, we'd be happy to do it for you. But it is about you understanding. No matter, no matter if you hire somebody, you still need to know what they're doing. You know, so this show will help provide that knowledge. Okay, and we provide all the information we can without any bias, one way or another. I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm working today for Judge Klein while he enjoys a vacation. Is this his normal day working Wednesday? Yeah, it would have been. Yes, it would. I encourage you to contact me with all your financial investment questions. And you can do it right now. We're live. We're live Monday through Friday, four to five Pacific time. Every Monday through Friday. So you can if we can't call during the show, you can always leave the questions afterwards. And we'll, we'll get to them the next show. The number is the same, always is the same, eight eighty eight Ninety nine chart eight 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 nine nine two four two seven eight. So let's get right to our first listener line question.
1: Hi, my name is TJ from Minnesota. I just had a question on Amgen. I've had this security for about over a year now, and it's really just struggled to move forward. Uh, I do think it is a pretty strong company. Granted, its performance over time. I'm wondering if this is just something I should stick with uh, into the future. And buy on this dip here. They do have strong cash flow, or is it maybe time to rebalance into another name?
2: Thanks. Look forward to hearing on the show. Now I think Amgen is a very strong company. To keep it. AMGN is a simple symbol. Develops therapeutics based on cellular and molecular biology to treat cardiovascular inflammatory diseases. It's a $129 billion company. It's going to make $16.43 a share this year. It's going to make $18 a share next year. It makes more money every year. Cash flow, $22.62 a share. It's a $228 company. Okay, so the P is what, 14 or so? Okay, well, that's kind of in the middle of its range. It pays a 3.1% dividend. Sales growth of 5% in the most recent quarter, shrunk 4% the quarter before that, but grew over 7, 8, 12% the four quarters before that. This is a very strong company. You just have to be patient. It has years where it runs up, in which it did, and then a year or two where it goes sideways. But it's one of those you just buy and you forget about it. It's a very strong company. Okay, thanks for the call. I appreciate that. Uh, let's go to uh, John in Santa Cruz. How you doing, John? Good. How are you, Steve? Good. Thank you for the call.
3: Sure. Um, well, uh, I'm looking at this company. I know it was on your, in, in one of your um, weekly news, uh, you know, uh-huh. newsletters uh, that you put out. Um, and I'm wondering about it. Is it a bond proxy, do you think? Um, Okay. You know, it's interesting because it spiked hugely in March of 2000, and then, you know, it came way down, and it's just been sort of steady. And in 2008, 2009, and 2020, it really didn't move. It just kept going steady. Um, So, what do you think about the dividend? Okay,
2: mm-hmm. this is Orange, everybody O-R-A, O-R-A-N is the symbol Orange, which is a French company, French provider wireless local exchange broadband internet services for 230 million people in 29 countries. So it's big. It's a 30 billion dollar market cap big company. It made $2.10 in 2020 per share. Then it's going to make a $1, $1.18 this year. Which is more in line where it would remember the two thousand twenty is the COVID year. And then next year, a dollar thirty two, it's eleven dollar stock. Pays a seven point four percent dividend and has a positive cash flow of six dollars and thirteen cents. So, John, they they will pay that dividend. I think that dividend is very secure. Okay. Um mm-hmm because they have a huge cash flow compared to the dividend. And they also make net profits enough to cover the dividend, so it's not really a problem. Turn equity is 15%. Um, debt is, yeah, they have some debt, but it's very manageable. And mutual funds are slowly buying it, but they don't have a lot of mutual fund participation. That's probably why it doesn't move very much. Mutual funds drive stocks. Um, institutional investors are the drivers of stocks, not you and me. Um, but the sales have increased 6 to 8% for the last four quarters in a row. I, I think it's a pretty solid company. It, it, you know, It will eventually rise in price. It was $18 in 2017. In 2017, it made $0.71 a share. Now it's going to make $1.32 next year, and here is $11. So I'm pretty convinced it's at least going to get back up to that $18 range in the next couple of years. And while you're waiting, you get 7.4% dividend. I kind of like it. I I think it's a good, good place to be. John, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. My focus point today concerns buy now, pay later loans. They could lower your credit score, no matter if you pay, pay on time. Interesting. So we'll get to that. I think it's something you might want to hear. And you know what? Buy, buy now, pay later loans are. Okay, the CPI. I briefly touched touched on it at the beginning of the show. I'll, I'll t- talk about it a little bit more. Hackers. Did you see that? Remember the article I told you that they hacked bitcoin and different coins not just bitcoin but polycon was network which is a facilitator of movement of, of cryptocurrencies from one point to another to one person to another was hacked and 600 i don't know 613 million dollars worth of big, of cryptocurrencies were stolen well there's big news about getting some of that money back i want to talk about how that happened it's interesting, I think. And Apple is under attack. Much, a lot of big tech companies are under are attack and will probably continue to be under attack. And probably some of their their some of their activities should be attacked. But I want to talk about Apple and the attack that's going on with Apple right now. So those are what we're going to discuss. And of course, you come first. What do you want to talk about? Okay, and my trivia question today, what most Americans do not know about Social Security. Okay, uh, that'll be coming up at the halfway point of the show. And, you know, we always have a trivia question every day that I do the show. I like the trivia question. So how'd the market do today? Mixed, as I told you at the beginning. The Dow was up 220 points. That's pretty good. The NASDAQ, which was up ended down 23 points, and the S&P was up 11. So, broadly speaking, the market was up, but this is like the third day, fourth day in a row where tech looked like it was going to be up, but fell. Fell. Why is that going on? And I had a little lesson today on uh, office hours about relative strength indicator, a weekly relative strength indicator which shows that the S&P 500 is overbought but not necessarily in the nasdaq and the dow which are close to being on overbought territory but not there yet when something is overbought usually it turns around and goes the other way at some point how long it takes to do that it could take a day it could take a month it could take two months just you just don't know so you can't use it as a timing method timing the market doesn't work We're headed into a quick break. It's Wednesday. We're halfway through the week and our phone lines are open waiting for your call. 888-99-CHARGE.
0: Summer's moving fast and you can't afford to lose focus. So have your finance and investment questions ready and call Steve Peasley now. Invest Talk, eight eight eight
1: ninety nine chart. Hey guys, thanks for all that you do. I appreciate the show. I've learned so much. I have a quick question. I was an investor in GNOG, Golden Nugget Online Gaming, and then today I read the news, and which I'm extremely happy about because I've been a, a kind of a long term uh, investor in GNOG. That uh, it was bought out by DraftKings. Now. I'm not as familiar with DraftKings from previous shows. It seemed like you guys uh, were a little bit down on it, saying it's a bit overvalued. I'm just wondering if I should just kind of take my profit off my stock now and then uh, get out, or if I should just kind of wait for it to convert into the DraftKings stock. I appreciate your thoughts on it. Thank you so much.
2: Well, that's a pretty hard call. You know, DraftKings operates online sports platform that enables users to play fantasy games and win cash prizes uh you know you can't do online gambling um but you can do what they just described a platform that enables users to play fantasy games and win cash prizes it's not technically gambling but it probably is uh their growth rate is a uh, two three hundred percent per quarter and drag is probably the leader uh Whenever company A buys company B, I generally tend to say take the profits because you know in this case it was a huge gain for uh, for uh, what's the name of the company G Nog and I probably just take the profits. Why do I do that? Because the deal's not con- consummated, so the, and when it, there's danger up until it gets consummated, of what if the deal falls through and then the stock drops right back down? So I, I take the profits, even though it may not be, uh, usually those pr- the price of the stock that's being bought out goes up to about 90% or so of the offer. Now, you maybe miss out on that last 10% if you let the deal go through. So I don't know what the deal is. Is it cash? Is it stocks? I don't know. Um, but let's see, $1.5 billion deal, that's pretty good. By the way, DraftKing is a forty-one billion dollar company and doesn't make any money. Sales are great, but it doesn't. So I take the deal because I don't like buying companies or own companies that don't make don't make money, even though I think DraftKing is the leader in that space. You're listening to Invest Talk, I'm Steve Peasley and we're almost moving fast through the week. We are almost through the third quarter. Almost. It's a it, you know, what do we got? Uh, well, now we're, we're what halfway through August is, you know, into, into September is into the quarter, isn't it? Anyways, uh, so give me a call live. The phones are live eight 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 ninety nine chart. Love to talk to you.
0: You are listening to Invest Talk. We've seen the markets go up, then down, sideways and around. It's called volatility. And if you're a serious investor, you'll have finance and investment questions for Steve Peasley. He's here now taking your calls live. Invest Talk 888-99 chart
2: 99 chart. Everybody, give me a call. Love to talk to you. We're live, and we're going to go to Mark in Morgan Hill. How you doing, Mark? Morgan Hill, by the way, is in uh, California, up the coast a bit from me, and down from uh, San Jose, down from Silicon Valley. How you doing, Mark?
4: I'm doing well. Thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Uh, um, I had a question about closed-ended funds. Uh-huh. I discovered them about almost a year ago, and. I went from investing a little bit to quite a bit, over 200000 now I'm in them, including munis. Um, okay. They're doing really, really well. They're not talked about very much in investment circles, no. and it's hard to get information. So I wanted to ask you your thoughts on them. I, I realize there's risk involved, but uh, so far, so good for me. I okay. just wanted to know your thoughts.
2: Sure. A closed-in fund is neither good nor bad. It's a different type of investment. Okay. Everybody knows what a mutual fund is. Everybody knows what ETFs are. But closed-in funds have been around a lot longer than ETFs, exchange-traded funds. What's the difference is between a mutual fund, an ETF, and a closed-in fund? The closed-in fund has a finite number of shares. It's just, it can do anything that a mutual fund or ETF can do. Follow it, follow a, uh, an index. It can buy and sell stocks. It can be a bond closed in fund, but being that it has a finite number of shares, like a company, like a stock company, it can sell at higher than the net asset value of the fund's holdings. So. You know, an open-in fund, which is a mutual fund or an ETF, means it always sells at what is the value of the holdings it has. A closed-in fund can sell at a discount to the value or a premium to the value. So you can buy a closed-in fund, and you can pay more than what it's really worth. The holdings are worth less than what you have. Or you can buy at a discount, and the holdings can be more. So don't think that it's really that different of an investment than all the others other than it can sell at a discount or a premium of course you would like to buy it at a discount because you're getting the stuff that it's holding cheaper than the market value is but you know, there's nothing wrong with having them there's no you know there's no magic there it's just that if you buy a good closed in fund you you get a good managed fund there you go you 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 get the assets that's in the fund okay so don't, you know, they're fine, Mark. There's nothing wrong with them at all. Nothing wrong with them. But you do want to know if you're buying at an, you know, is it trading now? as they done very well, as you suggested? Is it at a premium to what the holdings are? And maybe you want to, you know, sell some because it's at a premium. Okay? My focus point today concerns a story by the Opelio. Buy now, pay later loans could lower your credit score. Do you know what those are? Those are the kinds of lo- loans that, you know, uh, the store might offer uh, that to you if you buy the stuff and then you pay them. A, it's, it's like a loan, but it's not really quite loan-like in the fact that you're not paying the interest, but you got to pay the store over the next month, uh, every week, a certain amount, or the next three months. Every month, certain amount, whatever the loan term, whatever the terms are. So it is a type of loan that usually has no cost. Now, if you miss a payment, there's huge penalties. And they're hoping that you'll make a mistake because there'll be huge penalties. Now, some of these loans are reported to the credit bureaus and some of them are not. So we, you know, they don't necessarily get to your credit score. But those who get to your the bureau could, if you miss a payment or late on a payment, it is a pretty good hit to your credit score. So it could could not, I have no effect on your credit, depending on how they are structured. It's a weird situation. Now, how does how do how there's five factors that affect your FICO scores or your credit scores? Okay, payment history. 35%. Amount owed, 30%. Length of credit history, 15%. New credit, 10%. And credit mix, the types of loans. And so, these loans, if they're reported, can have an impact. But many of them are not reported to the credit bureaus. It's a weird situation. Just be aware you know that it could happen and it could go either way. Even if you're a good payer, it's still, because it's a may or may not be reported and all of a sudden it hits your credit score and there's no history of how good you paid, it could affect negatively your FICO score. It's, it's a weird situation, so just be aware that it can, that can happen, okay? Okay, here on Invest talk, Justin and I have told you many times that you can't expect to have a comfortable retirement if you rely slowly on Social Security. It's not enough. But if you've earned it, you should be fully aware of all your benefits, meaning know as much as you can. So as we go to break, here's my trivia question. Can you name the five things most Americans don't know about Social Security? After break, I'm going to supply the answer. But for now, my phone lines are open, and I encourage you to invest, invest uh, ask your investment question. 888-99-CHARGE.
5: Stay ahead of the game in the battle against cyber threats with HackerOne's attack resistance platform. Learn more at hackerone.com. That's H A C K E R O N E.com. HackerOne.com.
0: The stock market is volatile, it's constantly changing. So, how are you positioned? Is your portfolio properly balanced? Or are you taking unnecessary risks? You can get guidance anytime for free if you go to InvestTalk.com and take the brief risk quiz. 888 99 chart 888
2: 992 4278 Okay, so can you name the five things, five things most Americans don't know about Social Security? So a new study released by Nationwide Retirement Institute found that most Americans are so sorely lacking, lacking in knowledge about most basic functions of Social Security. The study was based on a survey conducted by the Harris Poll on behalf of Nationwide Insurance and Financial Services Company. It found that it's indisputable that Americans across all generations need more Social Security education. Here are the five things most Americans don't know. Eligibility age, 2 in 5, or 39% of the respondents, don't know the eligibility, eligible age to receive full benefits. Payments, just more than half of those not already receiving Social Security, 51%, don't have a clear sense of how much they will get on Social Security income. Spousal and child benefits. 30% don't know that Social Security may offer benefits for spouses and children. Okay, Uh, inflation protection. More than a third, 37%, incorrectly believe that Social Security benefits are not protected against inflation. There's COLA adjustments, cost of living adjustments in Social Security, every year. No adjustments. No adjustments. 45% mistakenly believe that if they claim benefits early, their benefits will go up automatically when reaching full retirement age, or they don't know this is false. They don't realize that that's not true. If you start taking early, that's the basis you have. They don't automatically go up other than for COLA. So you really got to understand how this works. I'm not collecting Social Security even though I could because I'm waiting until 70 and a half. I'm waiting until 70 to collect my uh, start collecting my benefits because I'll get a better base. And then COLA after that, just higher. I'm doing it basically because I don't need Social Security and I'm doing it for my wife who will likely, very likely outlive me by many years. So then she gets the Social Security benefits and it will be at a higher base. Anyway, the study found that many Americans aren't educating themselves about Social Security because they don't think it'll, it, it'll be around when they're ready or need to claim benefits. That's so untrue. Of course it'll be around. Now, the, the belief that it's not going to be there is insane because all it is is money and taxes. They'll just tax people more so you can collect your Social Security benefits. That's what will happen. <laughs> it's not going to go away. Yeah, of course, our federal government has abused it. taken all the money and spending it, but it's still an IOU to you, and they can always increase taxes to pay, you and that's what they will do. So, so, okay, let's go ahead and slip in another Voice Bank question, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve, Justin, Dave from Cleveland. I'm calling about a stock, uh, utility stock,
4: Dominion Energy, sticker symbol D, a large-cap company, I picked it up about $70 a share, and I'm looking at maybe a long-term hold, pays a dividend, a yield of uh, 3.3%. Just your thoughts long-term for this company. I listen every evening,
2: and I look forward to your answer. Thank you very much. Uh, okay. I like Dominion Energy. I pre- engage in power generation and electrical services in the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic. It's going to be around. And earnings go up pretty consistently. Not a lot though. Its growth is there's no growth. Sales growth there isn't. It's kind of you know, the earnings are going to be four dollars and twelve cents next year. Three eighty seven this year was three fifty four last year. You know, two thousand nineteen it was four dollars and twenty four cents. Before that was four hundred five. So it's kind of you know, yeah, it's been growing the last two or three years, but don't expect it growth. It pays a three point three percent dividend as you pointed out. Has a return on equity ten percent. That's okay. Has great cash flow, of seven dollars and twenty four cents. So your dividend is pretty darn secure. So I, I would hold it for the long haul. I, I don't think you know. I'd hold it for the dividend. It's a good, solid dividend player payer, and it will probably continue to be so. Okay, this is a best talk, and Justin, and I want to want to thank you for your loyalty. Let's so let's keep moving and take another question. Yeah, hi. Uh,
4: This is Ron in Northport, Florida. I had a question about when to sell a holding that is doing well. It's really a hard call because the ratings say that the holdings I have could go much higher, but then there could be a real problem in the market. So it's kind of hard to know when to grab the profit. I have some holdings that are in the 20s and 30s. And the ratings say it could go higher, but there's always the possibility of a correction. So when is the best time to know? I mean, do you have to know the company inside and out and feel more confident with it? Because the market sometimes will just wholesale drop, no matter how good the company is. I'd appreciate as much time as possible, because this, I'm sure, is a question that a lot of investors have. Have a good day.
2: Yeah, and it is one of the most difficult questions to answer. When to sell something. Um, Warren Buffett's idea of selling is never, okay? But he does sell. Don't think he doesn't. He does. He sells all the time. But his, but his idea of when he buys a stock is to never sell it. So when do you know when to sell a stock? Well, here's some, here's some reasons to sell, Okay. When the position has gotten so big, it kind of unbalances your portfolio, and you want to take some cut it because you want to rebalance the portfolio down to a reasonable amount. That's a good reason. When the when the reason you bought the stock no longer applies, either it's moved in a different direction, or the CEO has got fired and now they have a new CEO and they're moving to a different place. A change in management is a reason to sell because you're not confident in that. New management. Uh, I like to sell back when the stock is rising and it's just way over value now. I will sell back in that position. I may not sell at all, but you have to understand the valuations. You do not have to be an expert on the company. One way is to, after a strong move up is, Put a sell stop for some reason, maybe a breakdown of a trend line, get out. But as you pointed out, sometimes a breakdown is overnight, and you just can't do it. It breaks your stop, and you're out. So selling into a strong rally is a good technique, but not necessarily getting out of the stock, but selling into it. It's very difficult. It's easy to buy, very difficult to know when to sell. There is no one clear answer. There isn't. You should buy a stock with the intention of holding it long-term, whatever that is. That's really what you should do, okay? Well, it seems like uh, we're bo- August is good, good. I mean, we're here in I'm almost in the middle of August already. And so, you know, every podcast, I try to point out the benefits of being a client of KPP Financial. So Justin uh, Klein and I, really would like you to become a client, but you don't have to because we are trying to teach you. But some of the benefits of becoming a client. One of the things we do that a lot of other uh, registered investment advisors, money managers do do not do, we buy and sell the same things for our clients as we do for ourselves in all our programs. We have five basic programs from very risky to not risky at all, very non-risky, and I invest all my money in all my different types of accounts, all five. And so I buy and sell the same things for you as I do for myself, the same price, same percentage in each of the programs. So we call it parallel investing. We've been doing it for 20 plus years and we will continue to do it. I would like to be on the same side of the table as everybody else. We will take a look at your portfolio, give you a, give you our opinion, have you uh, try to figure out what your risk tolerance is and help you decide whether you're... you're Your portfolio matches your personal risk tolerance. We will do that for free, no obligation. We're in Southern California, but we manage accounts all over the country. Be happy to do it. So give us a call. Send us an email. Contact us any way you can. We'll be happy to talk to you. Okay? We're going to pivot to a question posted on the iTunes review page. That's coming up here in just a minute.
0: Each day, InvestTalk listeners submit their finance and investment questions via phone or email. And Steve and Justin, thank you for your loyalty. Would you like your question to be put near the top of the list? Just take a minute or two to leave a review and rating for Invest Talk at iTunes. And be sure to include a brief question with your iTunes review comments.
2: 888-99-CHART 888-992-4278 Okay, um, AMED everybody, that's the stock uh, and it's M D C Inc. I've been watching AMED for a while as a possible play in elder care. They took a dive after the latest earnings report and I'm wondering if it's time to jump in or the beginning of a downward trend. So, AMED provides home nursing services through 228 health care centers and 48 hospice care centers in 17 states. $6 billion company, does not pay a dividend. Its earnings was uh, $6.13 this year. That's the estimate, and $6.71 a share next year. It's growing uh, about mm, 10% or so each quarter. Uh, and so it's a $185 stock, going to make eight, $6.71. So it tells you it's overpriced. It's, it's too expensive. So if it has any little disappointment, the stock will tank and that's exactly what it did. Okay, so now it's at $185 from what, $250? I'd wait um uh you know i'd be very careful if i was thinking about buying this i'd be very careful at this stage because it's, it's still expensive it was very expensive at 250 it was high as 325 dollars a year ago so you know just just be careful it, it's already in a downtrend it's been in a downtrend for some time wait you want to wait till it starts breaking up until it's shows a change in direction in the other way before you jump in. Now, mind you, you know you talk about 2017, the stock was around $50, $60 a share. So it had a great run, and now it's just giving back some of that run, and it's overpriced. I like where it is because that business is just going to expand, but not yet. Don't be a buyer, okay? Not yet. Okay, well, the CPI was a half, 0.5% for July, up, increase. That was expected. It was 0.9% or almost 1% the month before in June. Core CPI was up 0.3. It was up 0.9 the month before. So inflation is starting to flatten out, but it's running about 5%, 5%, which is, remember, it was 2, 2.5, a, a couple, 3, before COVID, so now it's double that. So annually, it's running about 5.3%. Now, you do realize that we talked about Social Security earlier. COLA, with inflation running about 5.3% annually, it's going to be a good jump for Social Security recipients in their payments. So that's nice for them. Really nice. Um Hackers that hacked into uh, Poly the Poly network and stole what six hundred thirteen million dollars worth of of cryptocurrencies and different cryptocurrencies: Ethereum, Binance Chain, and Oxy Polygon. They all were tokens, bit, uh, crypto tokens. Six hundred thirteen million dollars worth. Well, the Poly Poly. Uh, Poly Network notified everybody in on their, on their, on their uh, website to not take coins from these three Bitcoins, trying to stop the, the hackers from using them. Well, and also there was a group called, uh, uh, what was it called? Uh, White Hot Trackers, who are hackers, okay, hackers, that hack for the good or tracking these hackers that stole the Bitcoin. Well, what happened is the thieves decided to give back $260 million worth of cryptocurrency. They stole, and they did give it back. So I thought that was very interesting. So the efforts by Poly Network to try to get those coins back actually is working or did work for 260 million of them isn't that interesting i mean i would i really would like to know the ins and outs of how that really worked out because i'm curious but of course there still is missing you know remember 613 were stolen 613 million dollars worth was stolen and they got 260 million dollars worth back of cryptocurrency. Anyways, wouldn't you like to know the ins and outs of exactly how that worked? On the Nessun Desktop Program, the story behind the headlines, Apple and Google are targeted by pro- proposed legislation. So, we'll talk about that. The story will be on tomorrow's Invest talk. For now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions live. 888-99-CHART.
0: 888-99-CHART.
1: Hi, Steve and Justin. Really enjoy your show. Thank you for all the
4: advice you guys do. You guys are great. I just got one question. I'm looking at an ETF, and I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it. It's the ticker symbol SCHD, the Schwab U.S. Dividend
1: Equity ETF. I just wanted to get your thoughts. I'm interested in it, and thank you very much for listening, and have a great day.
2: Okay, so this is a Schwab Dividend ETF seeking performance corresponding to the Dow Jones U.S. Dividend 100 Index. So it's an ETF tracking the Dow Jones Index. And I'm okay with it. I don't have a problem with it. But the dividend yield is only 2.8%. You can buy a bunch of dividends, paying stocks, and get a better yield than 2.8%. You can buy the stocks directly, so you won't have any costs that the ETF charges. Now, the cost of the ETF is not expensive, but why pay a cost you don't have to? But then you get, you're tracking an index of 100 different stocks. But I just don't think the dividend is very healthy at 2.8%. In other words, healthy meaning very high. Okay, it's good solid dividend. You do know, pay it. It's a good ETF. There's nothing wrong with it. But, man, I could buy it you know, 20 different stocks that pay much better than 2.8%. So that's why I don't like it. But if you don't have enough money to get enough diversification to buy that, you know, a good 20, 30 dividend-paying stocks to equal that, and but then you also have to manage those 20 or 30 stocks. So maybe you don't want to do that. So there are reasons to buy this fund. It just doesn't pay a lot, 2.8%. It's not very much. That's my complaint. OK, now tomorrow we're going to talk about the government having uh, taking actions against Apple and other big tech stocks. But there are also there's already lawsuits uh, against Apple. OK, they have there's antitrust lawsuits already against them. And also they're being attacked by big game makers because they don't like the platform or feel that the Apple platform should be an open platform rather than having to pay Apple to use their platform, which I don't think they're going to win that lawsuit. But that suit is coming. The, the decision is going to be very soon on that lawsuit. I frankly think they'll lose. The big game makers will lose uh, because Apple's in the business to make money and just be, you don't have to use Apple platform. But their argument is Apple platform is kind of a monopoly, which is probably true. But I think the way they're attacking Apple about wanting them to have an open platform, I think that part is going to not win. But the judge could make it much more difficult for Apple. The point is, there's attacks on not just Apple, but Google, Facebook, Amazon. There's attacks on these big companies because they are very monopolistic. You cannot say they aren't monopolistic. They are. And the government should do something about that. Should, and I'm a guy who's a free, free economic guy. I'm a free economy type guy. I think that you know you should leave companies and let leave them alone. But when they start being monopolies and, and monopolistic, we have to. We need open and free uh, economy trade. We need free trade between and free competition and plenty of it to keep the prices down for us, the average schmoes. And when they become monopolistic, you know they eventually increase prices on us. All our costs go up. And these big companies, trillion-dollar companies, are bigger than most countries in the world. They dominate. We, we need to not have them dominate, one way, shape, or another. So I think it's going to continue. There's going to be continued aggression against these companies. You know, and probably rightfully so. Anyways, I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another Invest Talk program. Justin Klein and I thank you for listening. And we really do encourage you to tell your friends and family and spread the word about Invest Talk because I do think it's a good educational program for everybody. Okay, now you can get our podcast free, free download from Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and investtalk.com. But again, iTunes dominates, doesn't it? If you do download with iTunes, please browse and you know rate us. We would appreciate that. And you can browse by topic: U.S. labor market, Chinese stock concern, you know, health savings account, any way you want. Independent thinking, shared success. Everybody, this is the best talk, and have a great night.
3: InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is president and Justin Klein, chief executive officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listening line at 888-99-CHART.